1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another rousing—I said it—edition. I, I of need
0: to get like you, like four other words at theory. least uh, to uh, rotate.
1: Do we? I did it that time because I know that it winds you up. That I always say that. Uh, but welcome to. Because you never say that theory. word
0: in your life, like as a regular.
1: Only like if I was doing something like this, I would forshways, <laughs> which is why I always go to it.
0: Um, so this was from Brad Spann I'd like to take the time to teach my wife all of this information I've been learning from you and the guests on Impact Theory but she's a negative person and doesn't want to take the time to listen to me or the video I try to show her my question is how can I get her to change her philosophy in life to where she can let go and learn like I have in these past few months Thanks. my goal is to create a business with her through the awesome talents she has acquired and mastered
1: You want to take this one? I have such a strong, aggressive opinion. Do your aggressive opinion? You sure? Like go for it. And then I'll chime in. Run roughshod here. Uh, This that setup in particular. Which, by the way, thank you so much because there's a lot of vulnerability in that. This is terrifying to me because of all the things life has taught me. Life has taught me that you can't change somebody's opinion. Certainly not in a short timeline. With reason, logic, like none of it. So you would then have to go into like, if I really had to make a change in you and you did not want to make that change, Mm. I would have to do the one thing in our relationship that I despise to my core. And that is to manipulate you, which, oh, I don't like steering you in a direction a hundred percent and And there have been a thousand times where I'm trying to get you to some end point, but I just tell you, like, hey, this is what I'm working towards. I really think it's interesting, important, whatever. But I get it. Like, it doesn't feel right to you right now. But just, like, full disclosure, Mm. that's where I'm at. And so, like, I'm going to be doing things that are consistent with that belief. And we've had amazing outcomes as a result of that and vice versa, right, where you tell me the same thing. And so... We, like, have enough trust in each other that it's like, even though I don't see that, I don't feel it, like, I know 100% that they have my best interest. And so we invest in that. Now, when somebody is like, they're a negative person, oh, God. Ooh, I would not want to have to try to change somebody who is a negative person. But they're already married, right? Like, that's yeah. so terrifying. But I've
0: been in moments where I've been negative.
1: You're not a negative person. So now I'll just be to give you the nice and aggressive, selection is the most important thing in the world. And I would have to sit you down. In fact, here's exactly what I do. If you were a negative person, I would sit you down and say, you know in no uncertain terms that I would never say that something is dangerous in the relationship if it wasn't truly dangerous. I would never throw that around. I would never heighten the stakes just to like get you where I want you. And I'm telling you right now, you being a negative person, Not only is it bad for you, it is toxic to the relationship. And I think that we have to have an agreement that we don't do things that are toxic to the relationship. Now, in a fantasy land, and because it's you, I know that this is actually what would happen. You would stop, you would take that very seriously. But I know sort of the blanket general person well enough to know that that will be perceived as an attack, they will shut down emotionally, They will push back really hard at that moment. And now you're in such a dangerous place. But I do not fucking tolerate that. I would not accept it in my life. Like I'm not going to be around somebody who is is a negative person as described. Now, I'm sure that if they were here, they'd be like backpedaling and like, hey, no, that's not what I meant. And great. And I really hope that that's true. But just because the harder question to answer is what do you do if the person actually is a negative person? They Mm. actually do close down and all of that. I would say, look, for sure, I don't expect, like, this is a hard thing to hear, so I don't expect it to resonate with you right now. I definitely do not expect to get a change of opinion. All I'm looking for right now is two things. One, for you to hear the seriousness with which I'm approaching this problem, and two, that you will think about it and take time to digest, ask me any questions you want. I do not mean this is an attack, but this absolutely and fundamentally for me must be resolved in our relationship otherwise I cannot progress and that would be one of those brutally difficult terrifying conversations but if the person over and and oh god I would set a deadline like you have how much and this is exactly what I would do I would ask how much time do you think is reasonable to be able to come to the table to discuss, right? Maybe you will convince me. Maybe I will convince you. That's entirely possible, and I'm very open to that. But what is a reasonable amount of time? If they say anything north of seven days, that's madness. And so then I would, I would push. I would think 72 hours is more than enough but I get it, everybody's busy, Mm -hmm. so seven days. Let's say that they say seven days. Then we come back to the table and we would have to discuss. I can't fathom a universe in which someone would ever be able to convince me with my personality that remaining a negative person, not somebody who can predict consequences, not somebody who is a high neurotic, not somebody who's high in conscientiousness, I get it, thinking through things is very different than being a negative person. So I can't imagine that universe. If I can't get them to see like what a growth mindset is, or at least that in the follow-up meeting in seven days where they say, I am open to processing this, I'm open to developing a growth mindset, I don't expect them at seven days to be like, and now I have a growth mm. mindset. But if they're like, I will make you the commitment that we're going to get me to a growth mindset and that I'm willing to invest in developing that, if they weren't prepared to do that, then uh, look, I wouldn't draw like some hard line in the sand, but I would say we need therapy. We need something, right? Because that, like, the first thing that I ask you to acknowledge is how important and dangerous of a topic I believe this to be. So I wouldn't accept like, oh, they're just shutting down and they're not willing to like put a plan in place to get to the other side of it because it is. It is that big of a deal.
0: That's actually, I don't know if we've ever spoken about dangerous topics, but we often, um, if there's like a subject that we don't necessarily agree on or that we've started discussing, we realize, okay, this isn't going to be as simple, let's just talk about it. There's going to be some like deep work that needs to go right. into it. We know when to actually start that conversation. And you're really good at that. And you've said to me many times before, like this is a dangerous subject. Are you sure you want to talk about it now? Cause it may be like, Hey, we're out for dinner. Right. And we just know like, there's a big, what is the potential of this discussion going wrong? Or and when I say like wrong, just tense, like be heated. tense. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like what are the chances of you guys um clashing on this subject? And so if you clash, most of the time that never ends up in like, a fun, exciting discussion, it normally turns, um, not negative. It normally just brings a
1: cloud over the, like when you're, when you both really care and you vehemently disagree, those are the things that I'm looking for. Those are dangerous conversations where it's like, look, I feel really strongly. You feel really strongly. We feel strongly in opposite directions. There feel like, feels like there's elevated stakes. So, This is one of those where the only topic of conversation is going to be that because it will take us hours and hours and hours Mm -hmm. and maybe days and days and days where you just need like you start and then you need to sleep on it. You go back. You need to sleep on it. So it's like, God, you really want to start this on a Friday night like on a romantic dinner? That's a dangerous conversation. So we have – We have learned through the School of Hard Knocks Mm -hmm. uh, that those are best saved for when you're not trying to create a romantic mood. You weren't like in a position where you really need to reconnect or something. You had a really rough week um, and that you've got the time. You're at home. You've got all day where you can sort of dip in and out. And then also dangerous conversations are usually best served when, and I think everybody's going to understand this, there are times where you like your emotional defenses are at zero mm-hmm. like you're just in a great fucking place yep. you're you're feeling super connected you want the other person to win so badly you can't see straight and then they present one of those controversial dangerous topics and for whatever reason like in that moment you can so see like where they're coming from where they're trying to get you've nothing but empathy and it's just like you And I'll speak for myself. I'm always looking for those moments. Right. And when you find one of those moments, it's like, now's the time. Let's talk about
0: that thing. And I think a lot of people have trouble, though, um, doing that. And I remember right in our early days, the reason why I had trouble doing that is because that's all I'm thinking about. Right. Like here I am on a romantic dinner on a Friday night and I've got this thing weighing on me that I really feel like we need to talk about, that we haven't um, really discussed yet or really gone deep yet or um, resolved. And so once upon a time, I used to then find it very difficult to put that aside and then just enjoy my Friday night with my husband. And um, I think it's important to recognize that and then put in um, like bricks or like tactics so that you can basically do both. Right. So for me, it's OK. I know if something's bothering me, I have to address it before Friday because then we've got the weekend. I know this is maybe an emotional, not even work thing or but something that could be somewhat difficult. Um, tricky to navigate so when I know don't do it on the weekend because there's a potential of it being a dangerous topic which then can potentially ruin our weekend but I don't have to talk about it right this second because I'm very um where was I going with that I don't have to talk about it this second because I know ultimately you love me and I know that ultimately you want me to win and I know that ultimately we're in it together. So I don't have to wrap all this emotion um, of, you know, um, whatever the situation may be, if it's a work thing or not, I don't have to wrap that into my weekend enjoyment with you. So being able to separate those two. But also I know that it may weigh on me on the weekend. So I'm going to try my best to have that talk with you during the week, probably during the day if it's a work thing. Like I'll try and have those discussions during work hours Mm. because it so easily slips into the evening on our personal time. But anyway, coming back to the point is being able to separate them and knowing that you don't have to talk about it now, but you can still enjoy time with that person as well.
1: Can we talk about the part of the brain that's responsible for that? Mm-hmm. It's called the basal ganglia, and it's called the, or known as the gearbox in the brain. So, people that like you have a much harder time with this than I do. So, I, it's very easy for me to compartmentalize, mm. very easy. And so, when something's really bothering me, I just put I it off to the, side, really close the door. I think that's
0: really a male thing more than a female thing. What do you think that is?
1: Well, I have no idea that that's true, but I but will think, say... Think about the
0: people around you.
1: Yes. Have you not found not in statistically your... statistically relevant, but Have yeah. you
0: not found that in your lifetime, it's, hard, it's harder for women to let go of things than men? You even say, like, men don't really have a big breakup in friendships.
1: So now we're getting into an area where I don't feel qualified okay. to speak. I will just give With- you anecdotal... Yes. Anecdotally, that does seem to be the case. Uh, But I don't understand the brain science around the basal ganglia and uh, women versus men. Like if we were talking about the deep limbic system, because I understand the way that that's tied to estrogen and estrogen can inflame it, which causes you to paint things negatively, um, which getting into PMS and all that, like, okay, that I could talk maybe articulately this just gut instinct. Yes, but I don't know why. So I will say, very definitively, in our relationship, I have a very easy time compartmentalizing. You have a much more difficult time compartmentalizing. But as you were saying, you've learned tactics and tricks and techniques that allow you to do that much more. I find it fascinating that there's actually a part of the brain that deals with that ability to shift gears or not shift gears. Um, So anybody that struggles with this at home, basal ganglia, look it up.
0: I do want to point out, though... Please. That I think, I do think that men and women are different generically in responding to things like that. I don't know about the part of the brain or anything, but just from behavior that I've seen, right. it's harder for women to let go of things than men. And in the past, before I really understood growth, growth mindset and understanding the brain, um, it's structured differently between, between men and women. I just used to take it personally, right? Like, I can't believe he doesn't care about it. or I can't believe he's not taking this seriously. Like, why can he brush it off? Is it not a big deal to him? But I think understanding that that's just not how men are wired necessarily or the brain is wired or that they just handle things differently. And instead of taking it as a personal insult that, like, I take this more seriously than he does because I want to talk about it right now. Um, I think you've got to let go of that. Because I think that actually brings more um, animosity and anger within you about how they're reacting, which I don't think helps the situation.
1: Totally hear you on that. And just for everybody watching at home, I do want to say when my wife says that men and women's brains are wired differently, she's also lumping into that neurochemistry, hormonal differences, and all of that. I can feel the hate mail rolling in already. Um, But yes, I... But you read
0: the female brain, you know that our, our brains are not structured the same.
1: Yes, be careful with the word structure. What word should I use? Um, we certainly have differences in the brain whether that's neurochemical <laughs> like and and I only say that because like it, it's uh, internet culture is very uh, word specific. So Aww, let that's us how you
0: protect me, baby. Yes. You know what I mean.
1: I, I know what I you know, mean and I precisely. Appreciate, yeah. Uh so I just want to make sure everybody that's very else
0: knows. Um And so before we move on, the one thing about that question that I just want to say, kind of going back to it, um, is if you're trying to show her like, oh my God, look how these videos have changed me. There's sometimes like forcing people that actually makes them back off more. And so that tactic may not be great. Like what if you were to show the person like, this is why what I've learned is good for the both of us. And this is why I, I make a better boyfriend. I make a better husband because I'm watching this content.
1: Do you want to know the truth? Here's the problem. If they have a growth mindset, they are going to perceive this as an attack because somebody, sorry, if they have a fixed mindset, somebody with a fixed mindset, when you say something is wrong, they don't believe they can fix it. So once it's wrong, it is wrong forever. And this is, uh, that's why having a fixed mindset is like in and of itself the worst punishment ever. But it also makes developing a growth mindset one of the most difficult things ever. Because if you were to even hand them the book mindset by Carol Dweck and say, hey, I think you'd get a lot out of this. They feel judgment in that. Mm. So it's like somehow they have to come across the ideology. The only way I know how to do anything with it is for people to look at the changes that I make. And they anybody that's known me for long enough just sees me getting happier, mm. more optimistic, more capable of executing mm-hmm. because I have the optimism, because I have the willingness to work. I put so much energy and effort into transformation, gaining skills, like all of that, that... Then they're like, huh. It's like when you start losing weight, eventually people go, what are you doing, right? And so once they ask that question, it's like when you invite the vampire into your house. Like once you open the door, then they can come in. But most people with a fixed mindset, they always leave the door closed. They don't want to hear about it. They put up their walls. They push back. And that's... that also is a miserable way to live for Mm. both of you like that's the other thing by the way for somebody with a fixed mindset i am a torture device so they're not going to have fun being around me either so it's like i'm not going to have fun feeling like i'm fucking dragging them everywhere and that they're constantly like raining on my parade And then they're not going to have fun because they're going to feel like I'm judging them all the time because I'm looking at all the, oh my gosh, like you can fix all of these things. This is amazing. But they think fix. Like I'm not broken. Like what are you talking about? So uh, that's why I'm just telling you from my perspective, I will not be a part of that. I won't have employees that are like that. I'm not going to spend time yeah. with family members that are like that. I'm not going to have friends. You must be joking. And I'm sure as hell not going to have a wife. And for whatever, like ever since I was a kid, my my like, recur- I actually didn't have recurring nightmares about being lost in the open ocean, which now I would rank as like my number one fear. <laughs> but I I absolutely had a recurring nightmare about being in a loveless relationship.
0: Yeah. And we actually agreed terrifying. on that right at the beginning. Like, I don't know if it's because our parent, both our parents, are divorced. Um, but yeah, definitely being in a marriage that, and we, I didn't feel the same way, or they didn't feel the same way about me. Like, that would be tough.
1: Dude, I uh, just like. And I think and, that's and, probably
0: why we're always so honest with each other, because we know, like, if we don't work towards having a great relationship then we may as well walk away because neither of us are willing to suffer in a relationship when you're not on the same page.
1: Can I give you like a maybe less um, wise answer but is so like true? Yeah. People treat you exactly the way you let them treat you and you are tra- training them in every interaction that you have. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I was so aggressively myself when you and I first met was like, I'm going to train you who I really am because I have no interest in pretending or faking. Like that's so obnoxious Mm -hmm. to me. I just have no interest in that. And so letting people know like I'm not... I'm not gonna be in that kind of relationship. I'm not gonna let somebody chip away at me. Like, and when I really think about why I have such an aggressive response, I'm I am not gonna let somebody try to drag me down. I'm not gonna let somebody become a friend of me. Like, think about it. If you're my spouse and I have a dream, you have exactly one job. Help me execute against that. Do like. People who think, oh, it's like somebody saying, I want to get wealthy, and they tell you to save all your money. You don't save your way to wealth. So I get it. You're going to want to protect me emotionally from the downside. You're going to want to make sure that I don't get my hopes up too high, because if I fail, then they come crashing down. That does not help me execute, Mm. okay? Helping me recognize the skills that I need, all that, like the no bullshit, what would it take? Like If you can engage at that level, cool, then we've got something.